Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this chilly Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday. It is already Tuesday. I yeah, saw it. Today was amazing. And I think I'm going to see it again today. So <laughs> happy Tuesday to you. Very good. There we go. Very good. So I apologize. My room looks a little chalkier than normal. We've been building a Chalk, wall. Chalkier? Chalkier. Yeah. Dustier? Dustier. It kind of okay. it's a bit of Pompeii feeling right now in here. A bit of yeah, Pompeii. just <laughs> all the drywall. Take it in. Suck yeah. it in. All Suck the drywall. A lot of work to do yeah. one wall, or I guess two. But like we built the wall, like great. And then it's like, oh, you have to mud, then you have to sand it, then you have to mud it and sand it again. So yeah. it just yeah. And over. And and if you're inexperienced in mudding and sanding, uh you you <laughs> continually build like basically mounds of mud and you continue to sand them mm-hmm. off until it's flat. Yeah, been there, I, done that. I built the closet once, and never again will I do the money yeah. again because it was so much extra mud I, I put on everything. Someone. Yeah, I I came down here and my wife was uh, um had all the plastic up and it looked like a scene from ET. Oh wow! My off, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> I literally wrote the agenda, our agenda for this yesterday, underneath plastic. Just like that's amazing. <laughs> Well, Tommy, Tommy did a really good thing yesterday when he he uh, he said, guys, check out my new office. And he kind of I think it was your wife who was doing like the video feed. Yeah. And, you know, like the, the door open, you know, my little she, promo video. She, she walked in. Hello. Welcome to Tommy's office. This is uh, Tommy from Fully BI Consulting. The strategy. Well, welcome to my new welcome yeah. to my new venue here. Look at all the computers we have. We're going to have innovation. Yeah. Free unlimited bread. So yeah, unlimited so what bread. Wanna, are, are, are you are you doing this all yourself? Yeah, uh, we have a really a buddy who's built his own garage. He helped out a ton. My wife's really good with her hands, and my dad came up nice. this weekend, so it was kind of a it's joint effort. It's insane, impressive, man. Yeah. So anyone who's listening to the podcast yeah. who is well, a, a permitting instructor, no, 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 permitting, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, oh, Chicago okay. permitting. Uh, <laughs> if I were doing this, please ignore this. Tommy's not doing any work on his basement. Yeah. He's not putting up walls <laughs> in his basement. That is not occurring. <laughs> if I was doing this alone, it would be one of those. You come more like just don't lean on the wall. Don't lean on the wall. Actually, mm. don't look at the wall. Don't, don't, don't lean touch on it. the wall. Don't, don't touch it. Don't look at it. It'll fall over. That's hilarious. Uh, I loved your one comment as you were going through your like little show and tell to the, the wall of magical ideas or something. Yeah, the <laughs> like, wall that's where I was, innovation. Yes. The mm-hmm. whiteboard. That's cool. I man. love it. Well, congrats on the setup. It's cool. It's nice yeah. I have my own office. It's great. Yeah. And a door. A door you can shut and it's good. It's Tommy name. proof. So it has a slow close and slow open, which is oh, very important for me because. Very important. I, yeah. The Italian slam is happen is a real thing. Yeah, it's just it's just Tommy really. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't even know before coffee. Yeah, so yep. my wife says the same thing. She goes, "Why do you slam doors?" I'm like, "I'm not slamming them. I'm closing them like normal." <laughs> it's the door that's slamming, not me. It's the door. It's not my fault. It just it just happened to be so strong, and it just the door is so light. So that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple of quick announcements here um, for some for those of you who are interested in attending conferences. There's a couple of great conferences showing up. In March 14th through the 18th, SQL Bits will be um, at the ICC Wales. Feel free to get more information at SQLBits.com. If you'd like 5% off, you can use the Power BI Tips 5 discount code to get 5% off at that conference. And then also March 6th through 10th, you can go to the Global Power BI Summit. This is a, an event run, run by Reza Rad and the Radicad team. Amazing events. I've, already, I've been to the one in Chicago. Uh, super awesome job. There's going to be a ton of people speaking on this one, and there's they're um, doing the talks in a way that anywhere in the world can actually listen to the talks. So it's kind of like a six-hour session, and then they wait like you know eight, eight hours or so, and then do another six-hour session. So that way, anyone in the world can kind of uh, hear any of the talks across the globe. So, anyways, really great conference as well. 
Um, that is March 6th through 8th, and you can visit the website globalpowerbisummit.com. Cool. Tommy? You're gonna no, I was going to say, it's cool with uh, Res's virtual conference because it's not just like join a link, watch a session. There's like the mm -hmm. whole virtual room, which is pretty cool. I don't know what software they're using, but I don't know if you saw it last year. Mm -hmm. They got like, it. you can go through the different rooms. It feels kind of like a virtual conference. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're going to use the same software again or they'll do something a little different. We'll see how they, they pan it out here this year. But it was very fun. It was good. Yeah. Easy to talk to, find people uh, at the conference who are attending live, listening. Yeah. Um, very good. So I'm very thrilled about that one. I think we're actually, we're all speaking at the Global Power BI Summit. We have a session there. And then I believe Tommy is doing a live session over at SQLbits. I am. So if you're going to Wales, please let me know. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Would love this. And if you're from the area or know the area, would love to Tommy's see always, Tommy will ask you every time he travels somewhere, where's, if you had to go one what, place England's to eat. a place for food, though. I don't know. <laughs> hey, more like, hey. where should we go drink? Guarantee it. Tommy, you're going to ask the question. Is I am going to. Of course I am. Exactly right. That's my have to. So. Wherever Tommy goes, be prepared. Tommy will ask you, where's the best place to eat here? If you I'm had pretty sure that you, yeah. You're going to die tomorrow and you had one meal left. Where would you go? It's probably not that drastic. But I'm Tommy pretty sure in the UK, though, it's toasted bread and jam. <laughs> That's like the, the signature. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Is this an Italian judging wow. an entire country? Yeah, I, I, hear, I no. hear that. Listen, I hear that. I've been to England once, fellas. It was a yeah. layover for the honeymoon. And <laughs> we went to McDonald's because we only had like, it was the only thing open. And it was Monopoly. We're like, this is great. And I won. And guess what I won from McDonald's in England? A biscuit and gravy. Porridge. That was See? the thing. Here you win a sausage McGriddle. There you win <laughs> porridge. <laughs> So that's 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 where my expectations are. All right, are right Tommy. Now. Well, I'm sh I'm sure there is good food there, and probably good wine and good beer. So just I'm ask around. Forward. Yes. If you, if you are in the area and you do see Tommy, tell him your favorite recommendation. I would love to everyone be like recommending to Tommy all these places to eat. Tommy comes back so full. Oh, I couldn't. I can't. I can't stand another bite. I'm full. <laughs> the full English breakfast. I want to hear that you ate the whole thing. Liver. I will say that English. The breakfast is great. It's oh, it's yeah. like the blood beans, baked beans. It's very different than the U.S. Egg, breakfast sausage. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. I like it. Full English. Yeah. So let's get into but our topic for today. Yeah. Good. Oh, did you want to say something else, Seth? You no, I was just going to say you're just reminiscing about revisit, some more food. Revisit this episode after Tommy comes back. <laughs> I'll give the full one now. Maybe it's changed after. Uh, exactly. Maybe your opinion will change. Awesome. So let's jump right into the topic of today. Uh, let's go through, uh, Tommy, just give us kind of a, a run up here. We're, we're talking about different roles around analytics things. So just kind of curious on where we're going to take things today. Tommy, go ahead and give us kind of a little run up here. So there was a tweet by a Mr. Andy Cutler on Twitter, obviously, if it's a tweet and the real tweet that he said it was, is on my journey is an analytics engineer, the same as a BI developer, all the skills I'm seeing align with that. And there's a, a brief follow-up to that saying, I found that an analytics engineer does not build data visualizations, but trains end users in data visualization tools. That got us, us thinking on what are all these different roles? We've talked about BI developer, but we've, we've all complained it's not truly defined. We've talked a little about architect and now we're bringing in analytics engineer. So is an analytics engineer a developer? What are these roles and how can we really define them better? I I think first we need to go through and just list all the things we've heard about these different roles that we're hearing because there's probably a lot of terms that we're hearing out there beginning with. Sorry, can Seth, I, you're going to say I, something. Can I? Yeah, I want to interject one thing because 
my organization does the same thing. His follow-up comment, I, I think, uh, pushes this into a different realm for me, which could be confusing to the roles that we're going to be talking about on what we would consider the back end when we're developing reports, right? Yeah. His his secondary like response of like, oh, these people just train other people and they don't actually do anything mm-hmm. from a from a report build perspective um, leads me to believe that like organizations have like sometimes teams that they call engineers, right? An analytics engineer or a data engineer. And what is actually happening in those teams is in this case, an analytics engineer may dive deep into the data behind the reports, understand what's been presented so that they can go to a customer and or help sales or other teams interpret and understand how to use the report and the data that comes behind the report from a business perspective Hmm. and like data engineering teams that work within an application to solve all the problems of the business because they know all the nuance of the data behind the scenes and how that like how it works from a business perspective but they have absolutely nothing to do with engineers and that's where his second comment kind of leads me to believe like the interaction went and i just want to like table those folks because i don't think we're talking about them in depth today right i think we're i think we're talking about the what are what are the different roles we see on the back ends and mm-hmm. responsibilities that would, would would fall into that and some of these are called engineers right and i i think there's just this side group that i want to distinguish that i've seen a lot of and i wonder mm-hmm. if he's actually kind of commenting towards that too so I think I think if, we, if I think before we talk specific roles, I think you can start talking about this. Like there, regardless of what you call them, at any point, I think there are specific elements of what is occurring here for from a functional like things that I need to do in my daily job. Right, Th- those are the kind of person that I'm thinking about, and I'm thinking there is three potential layers of individuals this and again this is like could be all one person in general this doesn't have to be a separate person but as i think about the things that i do with data particularly around power bi is go connect to a source information source data take that source information copy it somewhere transform it at some layer so do some sort of you know data transformations shaping it making star schemas adding columns deleting columns doing stuff shaping data and then the next step I do is I take that information and then I make measures and relationships between it. And then finally I get to like, okay, once I have all that stuff kind of started, I can then go to the report build. And I feel like what works best for me is I build enough of a data model that I can then build some kind of a report. And then I just kind of jump between the, the two la- the two endpoints, right? I jump between building some report, going back to making some model changes, building some more report, making some more model changes. I kind of do like a little a cycle there towards the end of that process. And then ultimately you build the report side and then you can then pass that off to people. So I feel like that's the spectrum. Would you guys agree, aside from role naming, is that kind of the general workflow that you're kind of thinking through when you're saying, when you're hearing about analytics engineer or BI developers? Is there anything yeah. you add to that that I missed? I mean, the, the only thing I would say is the developer title, I think we've established pretty clearly on this podcast that that's basically the general term for anyone who's a daily Power BI pro- professional because we can't use professional. We know that. 
because there's a license called the Power BI Pro. And so to me, yep, I'd agree with that one. Uh, yeah. So to me, when we say a, a BI developer, I'm assuming kind of the, in a sense, the many hats, so to speak. They're doing the modeling, they're doing the visualizations, they're, they can either be promoting Power BI, they're the Power BI analyst. Um, and I think that's what Microsoft termed it. That's when we were like, yeah, that's the developer. To me, I think the engineer and the architect are more specialty, so to speak. But they're, they're a little more specific. They may not have the same overlap, but developer to me would be doing, in a sense, everything, a bit of everything. Thoughts on that one, Seth? How do you see those roles kind of shaking out? Do you, do you see it the same okay. way? I, I do for the most part, right? The, yeah. the the BI developers, like if we're talking about specific roles and responsibilities, mm. you know, they they develop, deploy, and maintain the reporting interface, right? It, within that, they also have to or should be able to, and I think this is the distinction between that that BI developer role, is simplify the technical to the business or the end user, right? We, we talk mm -hmm. about that a lot, like interpreting or talking to our end users and understanding like, what is it that they need? How do you translate what the business needs are into insights that we're gonna provide in the report? Um, so they have to have good communication skills or they should, but I agree from the yeah. standpoint, like it's pushed that I think closer to the business than previously it has been. But at the same time, like the BI developer is this catch-all across many like many different spectrums because they play in them right so it right. could mean i'm i'm a bi developer in a business unit and all i connect to is excel files and you know a sql database here and there or you could have a bi developer that uh, works in big data systems and that's how they're um, assisting in, in developing some of the views or models or you know there could be a much less structured environment that behind the scenes where you may not have a warehouse where you may not have right. like all of this big infrastructure that's owned by other teams and you're just interfacing with objects that are literally plug and play in a tabular model right i think that's where yeah the developer is this cross spectrum but they may not have the 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 deeper expertise in some of the uh, back-end systems that a data engineer would are we making for, the assumption? Yeah. Engineer. Are we making the assumption that a BI engineer or data engineer is touching on a frequent basis Azure or Snowflake or any of those uh, advanced cloud platforms and not just Power BI? I guess if I were to rephrase that, would a BI engineer only be touching Power BI, or they have to be touching AWS, cloud, Google Cloud, or Azure? So well, I think I think when you add the distinction of an engineer, I think you're changing the role slightly, and I think you're yeah. pushing think people more towards the technical side of this one. So if you say um, BI developer, business intelligence developer versus business intelligence engineer, I think you're kind of acquiring at the engineering level. You're talking more in more skills around the SQL, the band, the manipulation, the moving around of those data pieces to get them prepared for what the BI piece would be doing. I would also fully include with that BI engineer, they should also be able to work with Tableau, RBI, Click, do all the data modeling things as well. But I think I'm I'm looking for a skill set that is stronger or or studied more in the engineering side of the data of the data space. Like uh, you're you're building not only the model and the report, but you're also going upstream and building something, maybe a minimal, you know, minor warehouse elements or even larger amounts of warehouse elements. 
millions of records and things should not be an issue. But it's 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 a spectrum thing again, right? Yeah. The difference being, in my mind, a data engineer is or BI engineer is responsible. Their responsibilities are for the infrastructure and the data integration. Agreed. Right? Mm -hmm. They're building the pipelines mm -hmm. the vast majority of the time where they may be also, if you tack on BI in there instead of just data, right? They could also, I suppose, be building out the warehouse or contributing to like population of it, et cetera. But their focus is going to like, if your skilling up is going to be like SQL and SSIS, to your point, Tommy, did you elevate your skills? And are you in Azure now? Are you in Databricks? Are you in yeah, um, other, uh, Synapse? Are you in, you know, cloud platform tooling right. that allows you to work with bigger data sets? Um, and that's where you would kind of increase. But but technically, like, yeah, you're coding all day long. You're you're building the, the cleansing pipelines. You're applying the business rules. You're making sure that the data is processing on a daily basis. And depending on the size of your organization, that's where I think these roles and the responsibilities can be one person, right, mm -hmm. in the BI developer role, if it's simple, simple enough or the business is small enough, but as a, an organization scales, that's where these roles become individuals because you need somebody to be constantly plugged in, developing, maintaining, ensuring production systems are working, et cetera. Well, here's a question then. I think with Mike, you and I have briefly talked about this with speaking of pipelines and we'll specifically talk about Power BI pipeline where yeah. there's a conversation happening or I've seen this discussion on there's certain workspaces or uh, Power BI pipelines specifically for data sets, mm -hmm. right? And we're seeing more and more like a, roles. Like a workspace, like there's a whole workspace right. of like, hey, I've got dev test prod of and just data all, sets. And those yes. are where the data sets live. Yep. And we've talked mm -hmm. about the personas too, where there's yep. the person who's just data modeling, right? Correct. And they're putting the, together data flows, they're putting together the data sets. Yep. Could that be considered the BI then engineer, right? Would that maybe be more appropriate? So I think I want to define a bit. So in yeah. my in my realm, I, I kind of agree with you. I think there's a more technical side of the engineering space, but I also think the the word engineer comes with a bit of schooling as well. I think I think if you're coming from the engineer space, I think you're looking for a background of someone who's come from like computer science, an engineering background, mm. or some kind of other engineering space, um, mathematics maybe, maybe have a, a degree in mathematics. Like I would think that person would be a person I would push towards more of the you know, BI engineer role. That's the kind of people I would I would think of for that role or position. When I think about the developer side, I'm thinking more about like um, the, the there's not a, there's not a hard requirement to have formal training around um, like a, like an engineering type background piece. So I think that, that to me that's where maybe I would start drawing some of the distinction there. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm looking. I'm literally looking at like a couple like I'm going through some job locations here and like. What, what, what are the difference? Like what comparing different resumes out here and who's the development versus when they have titles of engineering. It looks like most of the titles where we start talking about engineer in the title starts looking for degrees where we're talking about computer science and things as well in that, in that title. So don't forget the 10 say, plus years of Power BI in those job well, roles. <laughs> and I, and I, yeah, and I think this is also very relative too, right? And, and so in, let me explain what I mean by that. This is relevant in the way that uh, relative in the way that we have a spectrum of people that can do 
very narrow things. Like we're focusing you only on the backend engineering and you're just applying tables to go do the modeling inside Power BI. And I think also, as I have found in my Power BI journey, I do less and less inside Power Query. I think as I become more capable on the backend tools, using SQL, using Databricks, using having the ability to be able to learn and use those type of tools has allowed me to bring more of my engineering work upstream into other technologies. So I feel very, again, from my kind of any background in data science, I feel very comfortable in Spark and feel very comfortable with Jupyter Notebooks. I love that experience. I love how it develops. So for me, if I'm developing things, I'm trying to push things more into that system because I feel like they're faster and more economical than the equivalent of just build everything in Power Query. Not saying Power Query can't handle a lot of it, um, but I just feel more comfortable there. And I feel like your spend per effort on those batch jobs is uh, better well, your, your money is better well spent on the engineering upstream. I don't think you're going to be able to rip through, okay. you know, hundreds of millions it's of rows of data, data and data flows. Yeah. So have we then defined or do you think we can clearly define the, a difference between a BI engineer and a data engineer then? Or do you think there's it's just a lot of overlap? Or do you think maybe? Okay, I I feel like I can. What do you guys think? I'll, and I'll throw. I, you're, I'll be more than happy to throw my my opinion in the hat here, and you guys can kind of beat it up if not. By all means, keep rolling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So again, with the engineering kind of term, I think you're looking for someone who's got some more of an engineering background, just because you're talking engineering on regardless, computer science, mathematics, something engineering space. I think, and then. With that also, I'm thinking like the BI engineer uh, would be more focused or have the ability to go all the way through to the report design. The data engineer, I think, is, is found in larger organizations where we're talking about engineering the data prior to the report build. So I would say, yeah, the data engineer might be building some reports here or there, but I don't think that's their forte. I think the, the BI engineer would be able to do all the backend pieces as well as take it all the way through the model and get all the way to the report front end. That's kind of how I would perceive it and i think to your point seth as well the bi portion of this is adding a, a bit more of that front end work to it right that person would need to be able to talk to the business ask hey what do you want to see what are we trying to talk about here and be able to interpret those business level questions of oh i'm trying to find you know where sales are the weakest across my sales representatives great that person can then internalize that and come back with solutions there's more study around which graphic do I use? Which visual am I trying to put together here? How do I make the model so I could do what they want to produce at the visual level? So that would be the distinction I would, I would put I'd, there. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. Like the, I think the challenge in, or why we're talking about it, right, is as a Power BI developer, you have, I guarantee the vast majority have experience across many spectrums within these job roles, right? But to Mike's point, if we look outside the crossover elements, the data engineer is going to have much deeper expertise in uh, pipeline tools like Azure Data Factory or SSIS or you know something like that that pulls data and transforms it in a process way to apply business logic, et cetera, et cetera. And they maintain that versus the BI developer engineer would be the one that maintains and builds the very front end that the data engineer may may have experience all the way up to, you know, some modeling and may have created a report or two, but they're not going to be the people that 
deeply know the desktop or deeply yes. know the service and how to share information with people. And if you put them in front of a customer or internal sales per or like internal yeah. person yep. requesting a report, they're they're not going to know what to do. Right. So I think that's where the fringes of those two roles uh, lie in and what delineates like when you go after um, a particular role and what their job responsibilities are going to be, why it's important to like call those out. I like that. I think that's a really good ad there, Seth. I really like the idea of like the front end BI or the, the, the BI engineer. And I'd even maybe call this, a you know, maybe I'll blur the line here a little bit between BI engineer and BI developer. But I think I like your idea of there because the understands the methods being deployed. I think that's a great distinction between the engineer, the, the data engineer versus the BI engineer, right? There's many ways you can get people together in a workspace, right? Are we building one workspace with just reports in it? Are we doing, are we splitting them apart? Are we using deployment pipelines? Are we using some sort of CICD pipeline to get this stuff rolled out? I mean, I think that's a really good consideration of that BI engineer. They're more considerate about that developer space inside the front facing portion of Power BI. I like that a lot. Yeah, Tommy, I, I, I think I would still probably lean towards you would only have a BI developer or engineer at a company where there are distinct roles for Power BI, where there is more of a person focused solely on Power BI data sets and data flows, uh, solely focused on building the data set specifically for Power BI. Say, say that again one more so, time. Maybe I missed your me, comment there. So, yeah, to me, you said, which BI role is this one for? The, the BI, BI engineer. engineer. Okay. is would be you would see it really more where there's organizations or teams where they're really more focused on certain aspects so like the bi engineer would be at an organization where they're focused or you're being a bi engineer when you're developing solely the data sets the data models and power bi or you're focusing on the data flows basically creating the structured data within the realm of, of power bi and the power bi in a sense ecosystem you may and you don't you may not have to touch the data factory or synapse so maybe maybe i mean i would i would put yeah. that as the analytics engineer honestly i would i would okay. probably still expect my b and bi engineer and and i also want to i think i would open up my terminology just slightly tommy you said this is a role that's really around power bi i think before power bi and again Greg Baldini will keep me honest here as well. There is many different types of systems. Actually, when we were at, we had the user group with Marco uh, Russo and Alberto Ferrari. They're like, this has been around for like 30 years. People have been doing data warehousing things for like eons and eons. It just was called something different. The language was different. It was maybe more technical back then, not as user friendly as it is now. But, right. you know, I think my thought here is it doesn't matter if it's Power BI or business objects or choose you know tableau whatever choose your tool doesn't really matter right any one of them could be using the same scenario i have that that front end forward facing engineering role so i wouldn't i wouldn't limit yourself that way but i do agree with your other statement there around like um the developer or the analytics engineer or to be a developer are focusing more on that front end piece of things yeah so then so, where does the, okay oh, go, go ahead no i was just gonna say like to me, it's it's not. Am I inter intermixing BI and data before? It's the the difference is engineer versus developer for me, right? Like it's a front end versus back end. Where do you spend the, mm -hmm. the time 
uh, is it more in the pipeline or is it more in building reporting visualizations for people, right? Because yeah. it, it's it's the same in, in terms of um, back and front end application, right? People who are, are responsible for the user interface, the interactions, working with UI, UX, working with customers, et cetera. Like the customer component I think is unique to business intelligence because even then from a technical perspective, developers are usually just integrating with product or uh, UI, UX. Whereas the back end is solely just about the data, putting data where it needs to be, keeping it fresh, you know, and building the infrastructure behind it. So I I've, I feel like I'm I'm literally taking notes here and kind of like rearranging my or, uh, my pieces here together, like trying to put the puzzles of the piece together here. I feel like the analytics engineer or the BI developer are, I feel we've got a good handle around those. I feel like those are more front facing. I feel like those are more uh, report build, working with the business team and understanding their requirements and getting that data shaped together. I feel like the engineer, either BI engineer or data engineer, is more of like that back end technical expertise. Mm -hmm. um, a role here that I want to put out that I feel like I've been using a lot in terminology, but not necessarily fits either one of these. And this, this I think is more of a Power BI specific role that may be more relevant in larger organizations would be the data modeler. So that's someone I feel like has a bit of roles from both the analytics engineer or BI developer and the BI engineer, or, or sorry, analytics engineer, BI developer, that the front end side, as well as that back end side as well. So I feel I feel like the data modeler is more of like a Power BI specific thing, where I'm talking about okay, if if I'm talking about a data modeler, specifically around what Power BI is doing, I'm expecting you to kind of know a little bit about Power Query. I'm expecting you to know yeah. how to build relationships. I expect you to know how to write, you know pretty heavy DAX, like, and understand the implications of the shape of your data model impacts the complexity of your DAX. And if you have a problem, you know, you can, you can, as the data modeler, you know how to re-engineer the tables or redesign the tables so that you can get simpler DAX to build this. So, oh, you know, if I just take this one fact table and break it into two, I can get the answers I need and can design the model that supports the reporting. So I feel like to me, this is a role that's maybe a blend and maybe this is probably where the technology has come into play and the technology is trying to drive a new role here because there maybe is a new role around that person. What do you guys think? I, I, I well, I think in, in a conversation where we're trying to make heads and tails of what <laughs> roles and responsibilities go into different job titles, this, this one does not clarify things anymore <laughs> because yeah. like the, the role of the data modeler, even before Power BI existed, but like f could also fall well back in the ecosystem because typically from from my experience, data modelers work very closely with data architects mm -hmm. like where you have somebody designing and creating a system and the modelers are the ones that figure out how that organizational structure of data is supposed to lay out. They know the nuance, they're setting the data types, they understand all the relationships and then... Um, are implementing that much in the same way that you would expect like a data modeler is developing the models and what you're saying, the calculations and algorithms like DAX. So mm -hmm. I suppose there's a crossover between those two things, but are they mute? Are they the same thing? Right? Like would I, would I have a data modeler on the back end that works in 
in the infrastructure, which is typically where I'm going to have a unique person, I think, Baby? versus yeah. somebody who is a highly specialized developer who understands and knows tabular models really well. I, well, let's take this from a different angle rather than all these roles already established. Maybe is there a, in a sense, a career path? Like you, I think we'd all agree you mm. kind of start as the BI That's developer, so to speak, where you kind of wear all the hats. And from really from there, I think you can hmm. go into those different roles in a sense, you become a little more focused, a little more uh, fine tune your skills. But I think that's maybe makes more sense. Maybe with the with the uh, data engineer, you're not starting as a BI developer. You're probably starting because again, you need, you know, as you said, Mike, you need that education. You need some of the computer science background. The BI developer, like I said, could be right out of college or like all of us where we just found ourselves into it. So I, I feel like when I would talk about these things with people or I actually just had a call last week with someone who's just kind of like, I don't know if I want to be um, you know, a, a data engineer or, you know, a, a BI analyst or whatever that is. We just kind of sat down and talked about like, here's the kind of things that you would do on a daily basis. And here's the kind of, mm -hmm. if you like this kind of, you know, stuff, if you like talking to people about asking questions around data, like asking, you know, understanding, having empathy for what they're doing, here's kind of where these roles may fit. So Tommy, to your point, I, I feel like my journey has been with Power BI is I started out in Excel. So I was developing that as like that space. Mm -hmm. But then I, I very quickly, to your point, came in with a very, okay, here we are at the front end side, right? The five minutes mm -hmm. to while. Microsoft kind of like gets you in the hook. They hook you in pretty easy. Oh, it's easy. To, I just load my Excel sheet, right. boom, ready to go. And I feel like I start myself as the BI developer or the, the analytics, you know, engineer, whatever you want to call it, that front end side first, because it's easy to, to go get into the program. It's free to download it. You get kind of hooked. And then you kind of start running into these learning curves where you're like, oh, crap, I need to do this data engineering this way. Or, oh, great, now I have multiple, like, what's a star schema? You start learning, like, another layers deeper. And the deeper of the layers you learn, you start learning more of that IT-based role. You're starting to learn more IT-based functions. Proper data modeling, data engineering, those other things. And when you study up those data warehousing skills, now you can start stepping into those deeper roles of, you know, the back end development. And I think for me, it's been, I started at the front end side of things and I continued to walk further and further back upstream until I got to like, okay, now I'm really in the in the weeds here with a lot of the back end pieces. And mm -hmm. so I, I think you're right, Tommy. I think the progression of growth here is start with the front end BI stuff initially. Um, if you like working with business users, that's a great opportunity to kind of get started. I think people need a lot of help with that. But I'd also kind of argue, you know, every person who's the front end BI developer I think there's a I think there's a sizing that goes along with this in an organization. I think for every one, let's call it data modeler, for every one data modeler, you're gonna have like, you know, five to six report builders. And from every five to six report builders, you're gonna have like, you know, another, you know, fifty to a hundred report consumers. Like it kind of scales yeah, that way. Right. You're gonna have like this, you know, I think of it like the the circles, right? The concentric circles you have at the center or the core there your data modelers or data engineering. And then as, as it balloons from there, the larger the audience becomes with those different, those different people. You know, I, I see, and I think from just my own experience, I see when, especially smaller organizations or where there's a smaller BI team where you don't have that luxury of being able to have mm -hmm. the uh, engineer and the, the modeler. I think that BI developer can naturally become what's I would consider the architect, the BI architect. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot more. Oh, easy now. 
Ooh. Now you're throwing in architects. So, all right, I'll I'll pause there because Seth obviously has. I mean, something. no, I yeah, listen. Yeah. I I 100% agree with the the growth and progression of an individual in our ecosystem, which is why I think part of like the, the conversation is still relevant because if we're trying to define the qualities that a lot of us have with Power BI, um, you know, we we go through. Are, am I a business intelligence author? Am I a BI ninja? Because I cross all of these spectrums or I can to a degree, mm -hmm. right? Um, the caution there is just because you're good doing in SQL and Excel doesn't mean that you're good in other systems unless you have the technical, like unless you have that as part of your tool belt. So I think there's a distinction in just saying like, you're a person that can handle all these other roles because that's not the case. If you like in Power Query, go, go, go look at how many connections you can make. And to my yeah. point, just because you're doing that in Power Query in Power BI doesn't mean you have the expertise to do that in another system. And Correct. that's where I think the role names start to differentiate or you Read become that. more valuable in your BI ninja path, right? And maybe we should just create a new name for this person that goes across the spectrum. And yeah. then I'm a level, I'm a level six of 10, right? Like, I, you know, like mm -hmm. how do you quantify like where your skill sets lie within this whole spectrum of data, ingestion, pipeline building, modeling, reporting, integrating with with customers. And that's where I think it becomes really muddy, muddy and it's harder to separate out like where things are. Having said that though, right? Because there's a finding people component where you're trying to find people with the right skill sets. You're like, I even have a job posting out right now, right? We're calling it a BI developer because I have a spectrum. I need people to understand like our backend systems. So that's technically going to like hopefully draw forward a lot of people who have SQL backgrounds, right? Have done this a while in SSRS, maybe built or IS, done some warehousing, um, et cetera, but then have Power BI experience versus saying, hey, I want a Power BI data author or analyst because right. then I would expect I'm going to get something on the business side in mm -hmm. a business mm -hmm. unit versus like where they may have experience with Excel, you know, and, and things. And I'm not saying you can't cross the boundaries, right. but it's the level of expertise in those backend systems that I think start to differentiate uh, like what I would name certain like positions. So there's, there's that interview process, I guess, but then also even for folks who I think is probably more relevant, the comment is probably more relevant to is I'm the jack of all trades. Right, I might be by myself or on a really small team, and I do all of this. And it could be, you mm -hmm. know, big data systems in the back, or it could be really large SQL servers, or it could be Excel, whatever the case may be. Um, I think it's important that understanding these roles is grasped by them as well, because at some point your company's going to scale to a a level where you're not going to be able to sustain all of these different pieces, which means it's important to understand like where each of these roles usually fits in and plays. Because if you start getting overwhelmed, there's a position that has to open. There's responsibilities that the organization has to invest in. And that's where understanding where the breakdown or the growth on the back end is causing, uh, I, I would say, the influx of you know you managing too much as a single individual and like what sort of partner you need to help you get over those hurdles and grow 
I I like a lot of those points, and I'd also agree. Like, I think the. I I also think that at some level here, you're starting to touch on like what an architect can do, and I think one of the things when I when I look at someone who's across that across the entire spectrum, back end engineering all the way through the front end side, I think you're now looking at someone who's a bit more architectural in nature. And I think the architects need are able to, you know, if we think about going from the, the transactional system all the way through to reporting, there's many different ways you can move that data through. There's so many different paths. I think that architect is trying to do that movement of data and that design such that you have, you know, optimized for speed and optimized for costs. I think those, those are kind of the two key considerations there um, to pick the right kind of path to get through that entire process. And yeah, I think, yeah. Were you? Do you feel like Seth? You were talking about just starting to touch on the architect role, or are you still trying to keep that separate? I I think it's separate, and only okay. because I I would also make this argument, right? Just because I have a breadth of experience working in these systems, mm-hmm. if if I'm not taking that a step further to understand the systems that I'm working in. I'm not going to hit an architect level. I can work within systems and be told what to do and go build things, uh, you know, for uh, till the end of time. And I'm still going to be a developer, right? I think where to me, an architect differentiates itself from uh, an, an engineer or a developer position is they understand how to go build those systems, mm-hmm. right? You know a lot about different like components and like how you have to develop the frameworks and design everything from nothing, right? I think a lot of individuals, including myself, and a perfect example of this is when I came from the business and got into SQL, I was a DBA slash BI report guy doing SSRS reports. I thought I like our company, we were using like heavy store procedures. I was you know, self-taught, worked with a bunch of really smart guys, but you're, you're, lens of what you work on on a daily basis is really small and the only because it's going to be company specific you have frameworks you have your patterns you have your things that you're doing and you can develop deep sql query skills Mm -hmm. like i did the only thing that like threw me for a complete loop was i'm going to go study for the certification microsoft certification test right Mm -hmm. and i realized because i pursued that through like past sql saturday right Mm -hmm. that I didn't know anything. I I might have known 10%. <laughs> and and I knew it really well, but there was so much more that mm-hmm. influenced not only what I was doing, but influenced what I knew about those systems. Mm-hmm. So taking that above and beyond just what I was told to do at work yeah. into the interest area and understanding like, do I really get SQL as an infrastructure? Right? And mm-hmm. the answer to that was, uh-uh. No, you have <laughs> so, a lot of learning to do. And that's what I think differentiates mm. somebody who can architect systems um, versus somebody who is just a really good developer and has worked within those interesting systems for a long time. Yeah. So okay. I, I have a slightly different different uh, definition of the uh, at least BI architect. Do you guys ever see Pulp Fiction? Uh, mm-hmm. So remember the wolf? The character, the wolf? He comes in and basically like, they have that really bad problem at the at the end, and he's like, "Oh, we need to call the wolf." He basically goes and goes, "You get blankets, you get this, you're gonna start cleaning, kind of thing. We're gonna shut mm-hmm. the car down, kind of thing." To me, 
the bi architect is yeah. closer to the cleaner <laughs> the cle- yeah well he's basically the problem solver and it is more and i don't say project based but it's very much like we have this old system or this old process we need you know we're we need to do something with this or we need to solve this and that's is where that, the bi what is that the architect or is that the consultant <laughs> I, I, no, honestly, I mean oh, yeah. if it was an architect well, like, i think from an intuitive you wouldn't have, have, have to begin with exactly. <laughs> sure sure but i think for, even from an internal team though you can have that outstanding person that may know the systems or know what systems to use basically it's like hey we're trying to update this process they're not gonna maybe they don't have a consultant but we have this process we're obviously upgrading to our power platform or we're upgrading to azure from uh on-prem what's the best way to do this there may not be doing the actual every part of the implementation but they know what they need to, like what should well, be they done. certainly aren't like architect, right. like bringing bringing your years of experience in architecture is you designing the systems mm-hmm. and and laying it out. And if you don't have a modeler, you're doing the modeling, yep. and then engineers go implement. Like there's right. a huge difference between okay, we need this table. It needs these twenty columns. Here's the data types. Here's the relationship. Okay, now you know engineer, go spend you know the eight hours or. 16 hours to go build the pipeline to populate the data. Here's the structure of this thing. Go do this. Go do that. Right. Because they also have to be the ones that are developing the requirements. And a lot of, uh, well, a lot of management or leadership roles are, are kind of architect positions too. Right. And can mm-hmm. be, it's where you're, you're responsible for the design and how things get implemented in some cases. Um, when you're not talking about really large companies where I might have an individual architect, I might have an individual modeler. I might have, because there's enough volume of work for them to not just build something and maintain it. It's it's, we've got to build something and then we've got to build something else and we've got to build something else because then you're, you're having to consistently innovate or um, develop new patterns within your ecosystem that keep those people providing value for the organization. So the, I think this is this is where I start really seeing the key role. So to your point there, Seth, I think you can have a very capable person who can do the entire ecosystem as a as a single as a single unit, that single person. But I think as the as the organization grows, as there becomes more demand for Power BI, mm-hmm. what happens is there's a natural progression for them to for there to be more um, investment into honing the skills for certain people, right? So if you have if you have a data system or you're just starting power bi and your organizations um only has a handful of people using it then you don't need the back-end guy you don't need the data model mm-hmm. you don't need the front end that is a role for one single person but as your organization grows you've got okay now we have a one p1 okay now we've got two p1s okay now we have multiple departments using power bi all in and of themselves how do you manage like mm-hmm. a company of like you know 10,000 people that are all kind of like working through power bi or a thousand people working through power bi that changes the scale, I think, at what you're talking about. And now you're able to then focus people on, okay, we have enough backlog to focus someone on, okay, you're you're the guy who's going to be, or gal, person, you're going to be the person who's going to be focusing on data modeling. Like that's, that is the general area where you will fit. And so in that space, we now have you peer reviewing other people's models and going through them and looking through our data systems or looking through Power BI, finding models that are not performing well. How can we improve that? How can we make them better? That person is focused on that role. There's another whole team of, hey, we have to bring data to Power BI. So there's a whole bunch of people that are engineering the data from the transactional system, getting to the warehouse, 
figuring out how slowly changing dimensions work, putting them in places where the the modeling team can then pick that up and then start building reports. So I, I definitely think there's becomes the data itself becomes part of the factory. And I know Microsoft has their thing called Azure Data Factory, but it really it does become like centralized roles where you're kind of doing like Ford, right? You have every there's a person on the on this assembly line and your role is to do this part of the assembly line and to get more products out the door quicker for an organization, you need people to start specializing to be able to do their job very effectively and continue to produce value in that very narrow space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, across the board, I, I agree um, that as, as there's an evolution of an organization, understanding what those particular data needs you have probably dictates the title or the position that you're trying to go hire for. Um, the, 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 the confusion around here is, I, I think in general, even that we've discussed is there's nuance. Do I call it an engineer? Do I call it a developer? I, you can like to Greggy's point, you can slap an engineer on it on the back of anything and it, it's, it doesn't mean the same things. Um, so uh, across the board, the more we can describe the particular areas, um, that the role needs to own, I think is the most important part where I've also seen a lot of the, I guess, challenges around recruiting the right sort of folks because there's even positions where I've gotten in trouble where uh, you, you start getting fancy with title, like names of jobs, like, uh, like Power BI author, right? And rather than somebody who knows more on the back end, where like an engineer or developer that has some of the SQL experience, uh, you, you hire somebody that's from a business unit. They made they they didn't it makes it sound like they did, but they were much more on the business side and had no idea what to do when they came mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. It's a bad bad hiring process, right? So fix and clarify though, and that's why this clarity around the different roles and responsibilities I think is important for us to also like understand on the front when we hire, as well as like when we are saying we need support to understand like where the breakdown of that is happening because in this entire conversation as Power BI folks or folks that have a, a tool that allows us to plug into all of these systems to, to solve problems fast and effectively, like how do you scale that up? And I think maybe that's where the question comes in more is where like I can connect to that source system, mm -hmm. I can connect to these three things and I can bury business logic in this singular data set but is that the best idea for our organization if we need to scale infinitely on that data set? No, probably not, right? Like we need to pull that into a system on the back end that allow is going to allow us to use that data in many other places, not just that report, right? And I think that's where you start to delineate into needing a specific data engineer. I need somebody that knows ADF and I need them to be able to, you know, copy mm -hmm. and deconstruct unstructured files into tables, right? Like yeah. Yeah. that's a specific need that an organization's gonna have if you need to build that infrastructure on the back end. And I think that's where understanding like where your role is helps you define those things, but at the same time, sky's the limit for yeah Power BI folks, right? Like we we I think the largest problem that I I encounter a lot is like, where do I, what, if I want to grow, what do I do? Right. So there's a lot mm. of folks on my team that are skilling up in data engineering specific tasks because they've integrated, but only to a point. 
Yes. And like some of them are going way deep and others are, no, I want to perfect my craft in Power BI, right? Like I want to understand how to better communicate with the business and, you know, where that role sits um, specifically sure. where you've got a great leg in IT and, and business and you can start solving those problems, which is kind of what I love. I love like that interaction between business and understanding how we can make big impacts because that's where a lot of the the dollars and cents um, kind of deconstructs. See, and to me, I think the, the strongest skill that I, or the one that I love is knowing what all the tools can and should do, whether or not you can, you're an expert in all the systems, like let's say data factor, synapse, power BI, power query, but knowing what they're capable of and knowing what their roles are to me, like at least going back to the architect side, it, to me, it's like almost like the, the puzzle piece of like, okay, we can use this. Maybe it's power automate a good idea here. No, we don't need this. Maybe we need something else, but knowing what the, like their limitations are, knowing what their strengths are to put together the best solution to put together the best uh, infrastructure based on the problem. And to me, that kind of takes all of those sides where you've, been able to touch each of those from the engineer to the developer um, and being able to, again, be able to see the business problem and being able to say, okay, how is this going to solve the business problem and our technical problems? I think, I think I also want to make a note around here. Things, I think you, but I also like the point you said, Tommy, like the best solution, because I think over time, the best solution changes. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think this is one of the reasons why, like you, you mentioned like, at sometimes you you only know what you don't know you only know what you know and there's things that, there are unknown unknowns things you just don't know you don't know kind of stuff like so the best solution at the time may look different from now to like three years from down the road or even six months down the road so potentially I mean again in in the again I'm thinking about like the service area of just Power BI right. Microsoft keeps making new things. Seth and I thought bookmarks were those, you know, the, the, the bee's knees. And we built a bunch of things with bookmarks all over them. And then Microsoft said, hey, we're going to make it easier for you. And we're going to release this, um, this bookmarks. Uh, what, what's the thing called now? It's the, um, the, book, the button that allows you to switch pages just by having the pages on there. I'm forgetting the name of the feature. But bookmark navigation, I think is what it's called. The bookmark navigator. Button navigator, I think is what it is. But you it's literally can... Yeah. It's like a single visual that just picks up every page in the report that's not hidden or hidden if you want it. And you can just click a button and it just takes you right to the page. Super simple, very easy navigation. But we, we built that same functionality with like lots of bookmarks and lots of buttons on lots of pages. And now it's just a simple button press where I just click this button, boom. And on every page I get the same navigation element. So it's, it's stuff like that where the tool itself that we're using is evolving. I'm getting more... Uh, connectors inside data flows, uh, you know, data flow, the, the Power Query engine is now online and in desktop. So what does that look like? So the, the, the tool is constantly evolving to continue to optimize. So a solution you put in place right now may not be maybe the best solution right now, but you may have to come back and reevaluate that because the technology is shifting and you can reduce, you know, where do you, where do you, oh man, this becomes like a very big optimization problem. Like where do you spend your time? What do you optimize and what do you not optimize to keep things running smoothly well i think a big part is part of that skill set is not just knowing that but it's also keeping up to date and this is the thing that i really love about our industry is you're only as good as how much you're continuing to learn 
You're only you as can't... good as how long you read the Parvian blog. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 honestly, part of it's true is how like our ability to be whether it's from the engineer or an architect, knowing those systems, knowing what their capabilities are, and they're continually and consistently coming up with new features and updates. Mm -hmm. If I were to say, I, I know metrics in Power BI, but I haven't tried anything out since a year ago or haven't read what the new updates are, well, I'm far behind. And I don't know that maybe now there's a, there's a solution that fits. Yes. And I think that's part of this. Honestly, that's a, to me, that's part of the skill is, that you need now is continual not to, learners and yes. how well you are at keeping up with that yeah i think we, we talked about that in depth in like episode 154 where we talk about how do you scale yourself up but a lot of a lot of chatter is going on in in um the chat uh, on the chat right now and and i think the, the best thing i could do is is say there is like how do i become an expert right is a lot is a question I, I see a lot and expertise is not just like something that happens overnight. So mm -hmm. if the the way I describe this is in, in me personally, I love understanding entire ecosystems. Before I make decisions, I am, I love to understand all the different points of play, mull them over my head and then speak. So I'm the guy in the meeting that just absorbs what what everybody is saying and then the next day I'll have an opinion, right? Like if you're putting me on the spot right away like what do you think? It's like uh a lot of the conversation here, I've thought about it a lot, so it's good. Yeah. But, but so I'm I'm not a guy that's going to go uber deep into um, some certain areas. I'm going to learn it enough that I know how to how to use that aspect of the tool. But I I would like I started with trying to like get everything right, understand how Power BI works, the service administration, the desktop, all of these things. So I have a grasp and understanding of like how it all knits together because that's the way I think. Some people aren't like that. Mike, I don't think you are at all. Like you're a, I am very, I can learn this thing and I'm going to engage and I'm going to do it deeply and then I'm going to learn the next thing. I'm going to do it. And then while mm -hmm. I'm doing this, I'm just going to keep doing, doing, doing all the other areas as well. And by nature, you're essentially going to build the same skill set. Um, much more effectively than I do, right? So if DAX is the thing and that's what engages you, yeah. go learn DAX. Like go yeah. focus on that for three to six months or a lifetime, right? Become True. the DAX expert. <laughs> that will serve that you well. And that may be your yeah. niche as long as like that's what you want to do. But don't yeah. like align your your interests to where you want to go career-wise as well, Yes, right? Do you want agree to be one. the DAX, DAX expert? Do you want to teach and do you want to like go out on your own and be that person then then do that or be extremely valuable and find an organization where you're the person teaching dax all day long there are, there are plenty of jobs that do that mm -hmm. but like that's where i would focus your energies is on those things that kind of lead you towards paths that that you foresee for yourself in the future and it doesn't have to happen overnight, just incrementally. And that's why we say consistently learn because the more you engage in outside being told what to do for your particular job, the more you're going to skill yourself up because you're going to learn more and more and more about the ecosystems around you and by nature become more valuable, right? And that's, I, I think, some of where we're going with the conversation, but mm -hmm. all of mm -hmm. the roles and responsibilities fall in line with 
the these things that we've talked about, like your roles and responsibilities, as well as like skilling up in an organization, understanding when you need help in a particular area. And, you know, potentially if you're hiring, that's, you know, uh, like understanding, pulling in the right people for the right job. Oh, totally. Man, so many good points. So I think we've burned through a perfectly good hour of your time. So I think with that, is there anything, any final thoughts we want to kind of roll on this one? I would probably just on, on the top of whatever you just said, Seth, I would probably just say, or in addition to, not on top, in addition to what you said, I, I think you're 100% right. I think it's a lot about the being the lifelong learner. Just continually learning is going to be, it should, should be a part of your mantra because the technology is moving so fast. Microsoft wants to make it five minutes to a while for every single thing they do. There is definitely a lot of technical depth that comes underneath that because from simple things comes com becomes complex concepts, right? So I mean, to, to make something simple is very complex, basically. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of stuff under the hood here that I think you could get yourself really um, specialized in. And I think organizations need it, honestly. As more companies are adopting this, as we're seeing in the industry, a lot of other companies, uh, BI shops or other you know competitors to Power BI, it looks to me as though they're downsizing at some point. So all that means is there's going to be just more availability for Microsoft to kind of accelerate their self into the space. And, and there may be more need there. So anyways, um, I feel like we're in a really good area um, moving forward here to the next year. And I also think this, this role, as you kind of explore where you are interested in, just keep investing in it. Just keep learning. Anything else you guys want to add? I want to, I want to, I want to address Greggy B in his comment. So the conclusion analytics engineer versus BI dev, the answer is be a lifelong learner. And the answer to that is yes, Greg. Because <laughs> <laughs> you listen to us. Awesome. All right. And with that, uh, thank you all very much. We appreciate your time. Um, our only ask is you, as you walk through this podcast with us is, um, do us a favor, hit the thumbs up button on this YouTube video. We appreciate that. It helps other people find and discover the content. Uh, and is, if you like, um, we would love for you to provide us a recommendation, either to coworkers or talk to someone else about it, that you found something interesting here to kind of help you engage with some of the conversation. So we really appreciate you as listeners. Um, we do all this just for fun. And we, we would have these conversations uh, on YouTube live or we would just do them you know, personally, just the three of us. So uh, we appreciate all the extra engagement that's happening in the chat window. Thank you very much for uh, engaging with the conversation and adding a lot of relevant topics to this as well. So thank you so much. Uh, Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere they're available. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast. Uh, I think we're even on iHeartRadio or one of those. Uh, sure, we're not. Join, yeah, sure, we're not. If you <laughs> want to join the conversation live, you can do so every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central. Just find Power BI Tips on YouTube or LinkedIn or Twitch or anywhere you stream a video. We try and stream it everywhere. So thank you all very much. We appreciate your time, and we'll see you next time.